What are the benefits of having a mentor? Also, what are the benefits of being a mentor? And what are the pros and cons of running your own business? We'll discuss all of these and more in today's episode. Welcome to Half Hour Mentor. My name is Ian Cleverdon and welcome to the second episode of this brand new podcast series in which I'll talk to notable figures from a variety of different businesses and backgrounds with a view to supporting you in your personal and professional development. My guest today is Helen Tonks. Helen's a multi-award winning entrepreneur, mentor and advisor. She's also CEO of Inspires Me Consulting Limited and co-founder of Hydraulics Online Limited. She's also an active contributor to the government's Help to Grow scheme. Prior to her setting her own businesses up, she had invaluable experience with Barclays and Britannic Assurance. You can find links to her businesses and her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. This series can be found on all major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube, to name but three. Be sure to click on the follow or subscribe button, whichever applies, to make sure that you don't miss out on hearing future episodes. Please also rate and review the podcast as it will really help me understand how these are being received and spread the word to your friends and colleagues if you are enjoying them. You can also provide feedback and learn about future episodes on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by searching for Half Hour Mentor. The series is sponsored by Manchester Metropolitan University Business School and my thanks go to them for their support in allowing the episodes to be ad-free. You can learn about the triple accredited business school by following the link in the show notes. So let's hear from Helen. I started by asking her about her first entry into the world of work. Um, well, I had your traditional sort of student jobs that kept me going and funded as a, as a teenager and then into university. But I can honestly say I had no clear and overwhelming career path that I wanted to pursue other than something that was vaguely linked with finance and business, but nothing more specific than that. Um, I was a bright girl that worked hard and an all-rounder. I can't say I particularly excelled in one area, so I didn't sort of feel a calling in any one direction, really. But what was it about finance and business that uh, attracted you? I honestly honestly don't know. Maybe an appreciation for finance in as much as um, childhood hadn't been easy. Money had been in scarce supply. So I think I could say that from a very early age, I really respected money. Um, but yeah, nothing stronger than that, that really. So thinking about finance and business, what educational path did you take? So um, did A-levels and then um, applied and was successful in getting a place at Bristol University where I read economics and accounting. Um, That's quite business and finance focused, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> it is, but interestingly, I soon found out it wasn't my, um, my smartest decision um, in life. The, the economics I enjoyed, the accounting was, was dry. Um, and I went from a classic scenario, potentially, of being a big fish in a small pond to um, the tiny fish in the big pond and having a sort of crisis of confidence sometimes when rubbing shoulders with international students who just were so unbelievably bright and got stuff instantly. And I can honestly say that university was the first time in my life where I actually had to really apply myself academically. Things didn't necessarily click straight away. So it being economics and accounting, there's no room for manoeuvre in that syllabus. It's very sort of black and black and white. So, yeah, it was tough going sometimes. 
When you got into the subjects, which aspects did you really enjoy and perhaps which ones did you think, I really don't like that? Um, oh gosh, it's so long ago now. I'm struggling to remember the detail of it, to be honest. But I could probably honestly say all, all the, the accounting bit, there really was nothing in that other than an appreciation of business and, and balance sheets and P&L, etc., um, and economics, it was just that awareness that it gave me of kind of market forces and how money and supply and demand, how all that works and all that, that connects. So where did you go from graduation then? What was your first role? So my first role was with Barclays Bank PLC and I was actually with them for nine years. So I joined um, as a graduate on their fast track management programme. Um, it was a training scheme that was geared <clears throat> for you to achieve over five years what what typically might take three times that long if you'd you know gone up the ladder in a more conventional fashion. And it was at a time when computers did not play the big part in our lives that they do now. So there was m- you know m- much more human involvement, interaction, decisioning, and everything involved. And it was without doubt a fabulous grounding for me because. Barclays being the huge organisation that it is, there were almost like many businesses and many roles within it. And um, the whole point of the training programme was to very quickly expose me to different areas of the business before I then started to specialise. So I, I actually look back on that period incredibly fondly and I just know that I actually draw on that an awful lot even today now the the skills and the experience and the and the disciplines that came from it and that's still something that particularly the banking uh, the graduate schemes that banks do Mm. um, give that broad range of skills what specifically you you mentioned that you had a lot of you learned a lot from that from those skills what specifically did you pick up that you remember now and stood you in good stead um was I was regularly thrown in the deep end and as I moved around on my training quite often found myself the youngest least qualified person in charge of a department or a team so that was always an interesting situation to be in where in theory you were well not in theory I was managing people old enough to be my my parents and I didn't have their their experience so um I, I get, it's in me anyway, but I guess respecting others and that compassion um, and just those interpersonal skills absolutely were crucial at that time. And 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 being able to lead and recognise and put your hand up, say, I know the decision is mine, but I haven't got all the facts that I need, you know, to make it help me help me come to that conclusion. So, um, you know, not trying to bluff um, in any way. Um, it was also toward the latter end of, of the nine years I spent with Barclays was when I began to specialise in big strategic change programmes. Um, and that's that's probably where I would say I absolutely excelled and I found my forte um, in as much as I now realise that the thing that I am great at is being given a blank sheet of paper and making things happen. And by that, I mean... Um, looking at you know the the macro goal and the overarching objective that you know a, a business or an organisation is looking to achieve, and spotting all the micro detail and being able to make those links across different functional areas as well. So that was yeah, I had some fascinating um, projects that I was part of at Barclays. One was implementing 
um, a CRM system, corporate relationship or customer relationship management into the corporate bank back in, I'm giving my age away now, but that would be back in 1996. That was huge change um, for the corporate bank. And then a few years down the tracks from that, it was, um, I was given the task of um, readying the small business sector within the bank for the arrival of the um, single European currency, the euro, because it's not always been here. And I never forget the brief that I had one day from the um, the head of small business change. It was only six months before the euro was due to arrive. And he called me into his office and said, Helen, what do you know about EMU, meaning Economic and Monetary Union? And I said, it's a large flightless bird. And uh, he, he just laughed and he said, well, can you find out what we need to do and get on with it? And that was my brief to make it all happen for a... Uh, part of the bank that I think then contributed just shy of 160 million to the bottom line so wow it was quite a responsibility with hindsight yeah that's definitely a blank sheet of paper and get on with it isn't it yeah that time at Barclays then what would you say is your biggest challenge and perhaps one that you know now you think back on and think well actually do you know that was really tough but that's taught me a lot oh I don't know if there was one single biggest challenge at Barclays um, I guess I would say I, I, I learned how not to manage and how not to lead and how not to be with people. There were um, there was one lady who at the time was absolutely um, on her own in terms of being senior and female within the organisation, and I think she 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 felt she had to be aggressive with it to to get on and and be more male, and um, she was. Yeah, she was a, a, a difficult, difficult individual to work with. So kind of um, observed her and, and learned sort of how not to do it. Um, I guess the other challenge then really for me would be more around why I chose to leave Barclays in the end. And it was just the politics working for a huge organisation like that that um, regularly restructured and moved the deck chairs around and people jostling for best position and constantly trying to um, make sure that they shone at the expense of others sometimes there were some yeah interesting individuals who were very task focused very focused on themselves and sometimes yeah their personal values left something to be desired moving on from Barclays then what did you do after Barclays so I stayed within financial services and I went to work for a life assurance company that no longer exists in its own right. It was swallowed up, but um, a company called Britannic Assurance. So believe it or not, this is only, only she says, 2000. It's, it's 22 years ago now. But in 2000, that business was still or just moving away from um, door-to-door collection of cash premiums for its products. Unbelievable. And obviously that the, the organization recognized that it needed to change its um its business model, and one way that it was looking to do that was to um go into partnership with other organizations to create new routes to market, so for example, big estate agency change chains because obviously at the point of buying a house, you typically are going to evaluate your you know your finances and your life assurances, et cetera so my role. Um, was head of partnerships implementation, which meant working with the head of partnerships to help help him court 
and win new deals. Um, and having won them, it was then my responsibility to make them all happen. So again, fabulous role because it exposed me to absolutely every area of the business from the actuaries through to marketing and the call centres and everything in between. Um, But challenging because um, I had no direct call over those resources. So I had at a peak, I would have like a cross-functional team of about 100 people who'd all got day jobs to do. And I was effectively having to coordinate them all and um, make sure that we hit targets and deliveries and and pulled off the partnership deal without actually being able to influence what else was on their desk and their kind of BAU responsibilities. So, yeah, challenging, um, to say the least, and made even more challenging by my my boss as well, who was, (laughs) yeah interesting there's there's a theme developing of (laughs) of tough managers here um, from that what what is it about uh, because probably quite a few of the listeners as well certainly if they've worked in whether it's a placement or they're working full-time would think actually some managers are really difficult what what is it do you think that uh, I well I would say as much as anything it's the fact that life is one big competition even more so in business and there's such a short-term focus to deliver and get results and and to prove but even way back then this one individual he was ruthless you know it came from a good place he wanted to do what was right by the business without a doubt and what he was you know leading on was you know fundamentally shifting the way the business would operate and the means by which it would survive to be perfectly honest through these you know better improved routes to market but he was so task focused and had no care for the individuals involved at all and I once you know called him out on on, on something and he basically his reply was well I'm not here to get Christmas cards I don't care but um Fast forward a a few months down the line, I was actually pregnant with my first child and I don't know if hormones were anything to do with it that he tipped me over the edge this one particular day, but we were on a very early morning flight from Birmingham over to Dublin because we were doing a deal over there. I was about five months pregnant at the time. Tiny little propeller, engined plane, and within five minutes of being seated, he'd got me in tears. He had just crossed a line. So that then made for a really awkward day because we were in each other's company for about 14 hours and I couldn't bear to look at him. And um, got home that night exhausted and emotionally wrung out but decided that I'd had enough and and recognised that actually I was being bullied, really, the way he was treating me and treating others through me. Um, So I made sure I arrived at work incredibly early the next morning and beat him to it, booked a private meeting room and... um, from the morning or the night before to to that morning I'd kind of rehearsed what I wanted to say to him and had had got a monologue formed in my head and a series of bullet points because that's the way he um that's the way he worked and um when he arrived he had no idea how I was was feeling in particular took him into this private meeting room and made him sit down and listen (laughs) (laughs) and um he listened and as I'd finished my um my, my my monologue I thought, well, this is going one of ways, you know, two ways now, Helen. I'd completely stuck my neck out. And he just sat there in silence before then saying sorry. Wow. And after that, he then said, if I've done this to you, 
to you because he knew I was, you know, I'm, I'm really easygoing. I'm really pragmatic, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But he basically said, if I've pushed you this, I know I've absolutely crossed a line. So, um, yeah, I, a couple more months working together before I went on maternity leave. And when I rejoined the organisation, he'd gone, thankfully. But... Um, so what has that taught you then about the way that you will talk about your, your bis- current business mm. in a moment? But what's that taught you about the way that you handle people and the way that you develop business relationships? I am, I'm, I'm all about people first because people have to come first because it's through people that things happen and results happen. And I would say collaboration is absolutely one of my favourite words and it it, you know cut me through that's what that's what I'm all about um so it should never be um you know that a task is achieved at the expense whether that's you know mental health or 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 otherwise of the individuals concerned um I'm a real kind of yeah people person sounds a little bit cliche but I just I just am and I always always look for the the, the good in somebody and respect somebody no matter of their you know their station and their rank and their title whether they are the office cleaner or they are the the ceo there's a place and a need for for everyone isn't there mm, absolutely so let's talk about your business then mm-hmm. and so that you set your own business up yeah on the back of that tell us all about it and how you went about that doing that so Hydraulics Online um, was founded in 2004 by my now husband, Mark, and I. He'd already had 13 years in hydraulic engineering, so he was the hydraulics, um, and I was the everything else. Um, we were entering a very, very traditional, very established, there's nothing new about hydraulic engineering, um, a very established industry but very fragmented and very product focused and we knew that we wanted to be that independent truly brand agnostic supplier that wasn't just shifting boxes and product for somebody else and that real customer centric player that could kind of join the dots in the industry basically and and be that hub so um that's what hydraulics online has grown um into today we now work with in the region of um oh crikey i've lost count of suppliers i know we cover about 80 brands um and we've exported into 130 countries worldwide so it's clear that what we are offering is very much um in demand and needed worldwide so yeah, crazy. Never thought we would get where we are, and we are still small in headcount. Um, but it all came with just nine hundred pounds startup cash and that blank sheet of paper. Which, as I said before, I definitely think that's the skill set of making things making things happen. So alongside your business of Hydraulics Online, you're yes. known as a, you've got a fantastic reputation as a business mentor mm-hmm. and mentor of students mm-hmm. and so on. So how did you get into that? <laughs> for you as a mentor what, what drove you to do it uh, well I've always I've always I don't know I don't know why I've just always loved and been drawn to supporting people basically and and 
being that brain that they can pick or that that sounding board etc whatever it may be and sort of sharing um you know knowledge and experience so that's always been in me anyway um and again being a business owner in my own right and leading that business because my husband mark is very much the technical brains he's in the engine room of the business it's it's down to me largely to work out you know the vision and the strategy and where we're going with it all um I've increasingly in recent years been invested in my own learning, which has meant um, I've attended a number of courses that the Manchester Metropolitan University have have run. Um, So that's how I first got involved with Manchester Metropolitan um, Uni, Manmet. Was that as a guest lecturer approach? It was was twofold, actually. So rewind again. The relationship with Manmet actually really started because in 2017, I entered us for some business awards for the first time, um, our local chamber of commerce. And one of the awards, um, it was an exporting international trader award, was sponsored by the university. We were announced as winners on the night, and I'm still, people still recall me standing on stage and crying when we accepted our award, but hey-ho. As part of the judging process, we'd actually had to deliver a presentation on our business, and we'd only just sat back at the, you know, the, the dinner table having accepted the award when the two judges from the university swooped upon us and basically said, what could I do to help the university? Um, and within a couple of weeks, I was in and presenting to some global marketing students on our business as a real life business case study of how this little tiny business was now trading all over the world. And in parallel with that, the university had reached out to me and asked or basically said there'd be this course that they thought I would benefit from, as would many businesses. So I guess for about four years, I was in parallel student and also, you know, part of the sort of extended teaching academic team as well. So fabulous, fabulous relationship. All that kind of came to a head last summer when the Centre for Enterprise reached out to me and asked if I would be a mentor supporting their delivery of a government um, programme, Help to Grow Management. So... I leapt at the chance. That's what then led me to set up my second business, Inspires Me Consulting. And yeah, I've worked with about 20 or so businesses formally over the last year and and starting to pick up more and more outside of that framework, but about to start on the second year as well. And just in case you ask the name, because I'm so business names, I get really... um, I just think it's so important to name your business properly. Inspires Me Consulting comes from the notion that supporting others and enabling them to grow is what inspires me. But I also want to inspire SMEs. So inspires me consulting. Ah, yeah, yeah. subtle, very subtle, subtle but yeah. very clever. But no, it's got it's got you know it's got a got a real meaning. Yeah, thinking about the. The business of mentoring, if you like, if mm. we want to call it a business. Looking at a mentee's perspective, what do you see that the mentees get out of it from, through your eyes? Oh, they get so much. And it's been... I I worry sometimes that not enough businesses in it and the individuals within them embrace mentoring because, you know, life is tough fact. It's only getting tougher. It's It's hellishly tough at the moment. 
and you know this this the world is just run on technology these days and I, I worry that there's a danger that we're losing that human element and that that constant need to compete and to perform and to prove and the very kind of need to deliver in the short term whilst having these you know big challenging longer term goals it's just absolutely relentless and um you know mentoring provides that real safe space where the human can just take a breath and download and have that safe i use the words again that sounding board um to kind of just open up and and share and it's just absolutely invaluable and it's been really interesting actually i've probably um over the last 12 months it's probably been a 50 50 split in terms of you know men women male female that i've worked that i've worked with but you can almost the, the relief that the the men seem to have is is palpable and because it's almost like they they have they can leave the bravado at the door and they haven't got to pretend to be this this guy that knows everything and um yeah they just really really welcome the support and you know a couple of them have even said it can almost feel like therapy at times and that for me is just a joy because you think if you can help somebody whether it's their own business or whether they're an employee and on a payroll at the end of the day work is a huge part of everybody's life and to have made that life that little bit easier and you know that basically means that that individual is going to go home and be a more relaxed a calmer a happier mum dad husband partner whatever so I, I, and I find it just a privilege that people open up and allow me to help them what would you say is the biggest challenge for mentees in that relationship? Trusting the process. In what way? Being really, really open, really, really open, um, and just going with it, basically. And probably also the extent to which, I guess, they um, are then going to be empowered to act on whatever kind of... Um, actions or decisions they may sort of come to so I can think of one example um, with one of the first businesses that I worked with last year when um, this particular guy he was very senior within the business but hadn't been given um, access to the longer term strategic plan for the business so it was kind of playing a bit blind really which was was crazy given his position within the business but I actually ended up saying to him I said, blame me. Say, Helen is asking for this. She's asking me questions that I, I, you know, if you don't feel comfortable yourself, then blame, blame me. So that's kind of what he did. And there was no looking back for him. It was almost like his, his seniors had been looking for him to show that, um, that, that appetite and that initiative to get even more involved in the, um, the longer term vision for the company. But yeah, it's probably be that. It's, it's you, it would be it would be hard if a if a if a mentee felt in the safe space of mentoring that they would then had, had made real progress and couldn't actually bring that to life in the real world beyond that session. Mm. 
doubtlessly listening to this, there'll be a significant number who have perhaps heard of having a mentor. You know, mm-hmm. Let's say we've got somebody who's just left university, started a career, mm-hmm. might even be working alongside the studies, mm-hmm. for example. What would you recommend they do to start the process off of having a mentor? Um, well, it, it might be in bigger organisations that there's some kind of facility there already, but um, what I encourage any younger person to do at the moment, and I work with a lot of younger people through Manchester Metropolitan, but also through Young Enterprise UK as well, is to network like crazy, and I didn't do enough of that soon enough, and just to reach reach out basically and so obviously somebody that you trust in the in the first instance and who's and who you respect and it, it might not be them that is the best person to be that mentor but um they might be able to look deeper into their networks but I would, it's just sticking your head above the parapet and asking in the first instance simple as that what do you get out of it as a mentor huge amounts of um satisfaction in my own right that and this it doesn't i don't want it to sound cliche but that i've helped somebody that i've you know helped them solve a problem or you know put put an issue or a concern to bed or you know given them clarity on 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 something a huge amount of um pleasure in that and it really is a privilege that as I said before that people do open up but invariably I learn so much about business in general you know I get dropped into the center in the deep end of businesses from haulage and logistics through to construction through to digital marketing through to dental practices through to plastics I, I, I can't if I actually think about the breadth and it's absolutely fascinating to see you know all glimpses of those businesses from the inside out and you know the the issues that the individuals are grappling with it's hugely hugely rewarding it, it is interesting that because I've heard it said a few times that as a mentor actually you feel that you are a mentee in the people mm. you speak to because you learn so much yep. from, from those as well and I think what you said really backs that up and I would I would add to that as well it almost um through I mean I don't know how a, how a, a session with a, a a mentee is going to flow I don't know what issues they're going to bring so I'm constantly mm on my toes in in a way you can't necessarily prepare for a session because you just don't know what's coming so having then had you know a good session with 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 your mentee and realizing that the advice that you're giving makes sense and they they kind of can really work with with that and latch onto it then in a way almost enables me to trust myself even more and my gut reaction and my judgment so when I'm then doing things day to day in the other business it makes me realize that I almost like I'm kind of counseling and advising my my, or you know stepping back a little bit and and realize that yeah I can trust myself because leading a business is desperately lonely it really really is so that's what you know mentoring helps as well it can take that loneliness away it can be really really lonely being out front and you will often hear me say that being your own boss um you know the best thing about that is simultaneously the worst 
And, and the best thing about being your own boss is that nobody is telling you what to do. And the worst thing about being your own boss, nobody's telling you what to do. So, um, yeah, I give, it's, since I've mentored, it's given me even more confidence in my own conviction and approach to business. That really is a fascinating insight. Um, Helen, that's been great. I've got one final question uh, mm-hmm. I ask of all of our guests mm-hmm. from that. And really knowing what you know now and all of that experience mm-hmm. that you've shared with us, what one piece of advice would you give your younger self knowing all of that? Oh, gosh. Does it have to be just one? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have two if you really oh, want. Oh, my gosh. Um, never be afraid to be yourself. Don't try and bluff or be anyone else. Just be your authentic self. And um, that comes from a place of having hidden in the background of um, my first business for nine years because I thought if people realised that I was this non-technical woman in a very technical industry, very male-dominated industry, and I happened to be married to my business partner, I just didn't think that people would take me seriously and I've actually proven and I've now realized that being in that position is my sort of um superpower um I'm going to throw in network like crazy like mad but in a good way make sure you give back and you're not always taking um and it would be around um there's a there's a quote that I love comparison is the thief of joy and linked on from that it's the idea of um compare yourself to who you were yesterday not to somebody else is today so always be striving always be looking to improve throw yourself in the deep end grab those opportunities but treat yourself kindly as well and don't measure your success by somebody else's benchmark and achievements helen tonks thank you very much indeed thank you Well, I guess you may be thinking what I was at the end of that interview. How on earth does she fit it all in? I absolutely love the quote she shared at the end. Comparison is the thief of joy. I'd never heard that before, and I can sense some of you reflecting on how you view your own development, having heard that. I also particularly admired how she dealt with her experience of workplace bullying. A very, very strong character. My thanks go to Helen for her time and advice, and don't forget to let me know how useful these pods are to you by feeding back through the usual channels. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.